I'm going to start and uh, and share a little anecdote that I actually was just sharing off air. Uh, not that it relates to what we're going to talk about, but just because I find it to be interesting. Uh, and, and Bob, you know, your comment on the time that so uh, recently had the chance to to visit Disneyland with uh, with my wife and two kids, and uh, and just you know the i guess the the irony of context is that my daughter her her favorite disney character of all characters is stitch and uh and as we went through the the various souvenir shops we we noticed and had a conversation with one of the boys there that there are two characters right now that the supply chain has uh has hurt is not the right word for disney Hampered is barely even close to the right word. But there's two characters that they have had a hard time uh, keeping on the shelves, and that uh, those are Stitch and Mickey. And it's related to the supply chain and the vast number of toys that are sitting uh, in the Port of Long Beach in, uh, in cargo containers on ships. And, uh, and so somehow, some way, Ronnie, our job today is to relate that to the conversation that we're going to have with with Bob uh, related to the post, uh, post office and postal delivery. Somehow we're going to make the magic happen, right? See, now the rest of the time, are you just going to try and use puns like Disney, weird Disney play on Of course. Of course. That's fine. So, uh, so I guess this is where, in your best Peter Pan voice, you say, away we go. Is that it? Or I can do Tinkerbell if you prefer. So Which, whichever one. Uh, welcome to welcome to Group Thinkers, uh, the podcast from RKD Group. On each and every episode, we have someone from the nonprofit marketing space who is uh, thinking about things differently, looking at things through a different lens, helping us understand uh, both what's happening now and what's happening next in nonprofit marketing. And we are joined today by someone who's doing all of those things. And you can't deny it, Bob, because I just said that, that you're doing those things. But you are helping us stay on top of something that's very important. Uh, and that's what's happening with the United States Postal Service. Bob Tigner, how are you? Welcome to the program. Doing well, and thank you for having me. Very excited to have you here today uh, so that we can understand some of the postal deliveries uh, current state and the moving state uh, to understand your work with the Nonprofit Alliance, which is so important to us as an organization and important to the collective sector as a whole. And we'd love for you to start uh, by way of introduction to just give a little bit of your background and how you came to your role with the Nonprofit Alliance. Sure. I've been doing advocacy work for nonprofits for, that's been my career, 30 years in and it all began when I got pressed into service as a volunteer working for a small nonprofit I helped start up. And the organization that pressed me into service was called the Nonprofit Mailers Federation. Um, and I, the backstory for that is that back in the day, nonprofit rates were funded by Congress in annual appropriations. And there was a very large organization that still exists today called Alliance of Nonprofit Mailers advocating with respect to postal rates. The trick was that they, as very large mailers, spent all their advocacy on trying to get the best discounts they could get. The appropriation from Congress was a zero-sum game. 
That meant the bigger the discounts they got, the higher the rates for the lower volume mailers. So the Nonprofit Mailers Federation came into being to sort of even the playing field, so to speak. Anyway, that organization then segued into something called the National Federation of Nonprofits, really got renamed because our work branched out into touching other fundraising related issues. That organization merged with the DMA Nonprofit Federation, continuing the same sort of work, and then finally came with the dissolution of DMA, came the Nonprofit Alliance, and we are continuing that sort of work. And continuing it uh, on a on a more focused scale in some ways, and uh, and we loved. You know, we've we've seen the inception of the Nonprofit Alliance and uh, the work that uh, that you have done there in the last. We're approaching three years, somewhere in that time frame. Right. Uh, and so, you know, as as we've talked about internally, uh, I don't know, Bob, if there's anyone more suited in the space to talk about what's happening with the uh, Postal Service than you are. <laughs> so, so you're our resident expert, and we mean that. And so today, and as a part of our conversation, we 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 really we're trying to understand and understand not just what's happening now, but what we should be on the lookout for and expect over the course of 2022 as we think about the uh, the impact on nonprofits. So this current season and kind of section of conversations that we're having are all related to the supply chain. And uh, how we see the Postal Service fitting into that is uh, not at the end of the line, but it's downstream. So we're not talking about raw materials. We're not talking about adhesives. We're not talking about production of envelopes or things that may be you know, sitting in the cargo uh, next to Stitch and Mickey out in the Port of Los Angeles. But at a certain point, our pieces leave production facilities and they go to, uh, to the mailhouses to be mailed. And then enter in the the postal service, and uh, and so would love for you to talk about the role or the the place that the the post service has been uh, over the last year or so, some of the different changes and trends, and uh, the new rate structure and service slowdowns, because those are where we have felt the impact related to the supply chain, even though it's it's connected but but separate. Well. Um... All, everyone in this audience is probably aware of the new rate structure, and since it took effect uh, last August, and we're for the middle of the year, for the middle of a budget year for many people, the increases were somewhere between 7 and 9%, depending on what you're mailing, and that's crushing, um, and it was allowed to be that high because the Postal Rate Commission assumed the authority to create an equation that allowed rates being raised above the consumer price index. And that had been the rule governing rates for 11 years leading up to that point. So they created a system that started with the base of consumer price index and had what those of us who are in the mailing side of things referred to as little bonus items that they could increase above the CPI consumer price index. So that's number one. 
um, a substantial rate increase and a system that can continue that way for at least five more years. So it's not just that one bulge in rate increases, we can expect similar bulges for the next four or five years, um, even before inflation has gone up, which will change the game too. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, people calculate several calculations showed that the overall increase when this new system started to the end at five years could be could easily could result in rates that are fifty percent higher overall than from where we started. That's a lot. That's, That's a lot. A of money. lot. That's a lot of money, and especially when you're, you know, when you're talking about the projectable revenue and thinking about how nonprofits plan, you know, uh, even knowing about it in advance, the, uh, as the word that you used earlier is crushing. Like that puts a, a tremendous amount of additional pressure on nonprofits. And so the rate structure is just one part of it, though. Yeah, and to make matters worse, as soon as the Postal Rate Commission turned this over to the Postal Service, the Postal Service decided that instead of an annual change in rates, they'd do it twice a year. Um, that that one sort of baffled everyone since they spend a boatload of money internally every time they have to change rates with software and labels and God knows what else and retraining their staff. They spent a lot of money. And so, but then so do we have to adjust twice a year, um, try to predict what each of those increases will be. Um, it's a pain in the neck. And I guess the cynic would say, well, the quicker they can get even a smaller increase instead of saving it to the end, the more it amortizes. So at the end of the day, they come out a little higher at the end than they would have otherwise. otherwise. Right. Right. On the service side, I mean, sort of infamously, the Postmaster General instituted this new system for uh, trucking rather than sending first class mail and aircraft. And for an organization that's always been stressed for cash, so it seems, or historically, that seemed like a sort of sensible thing to do. Um, it sort of makes sense on paper anyway. Um, and I've always I've tried to look at personally, I've said, well, let's see if this works. You know, I mean, let's see if they really do save money. Sure. And from where I said, which is not <laughs> sending out my mail, you know, waiting breathlessly for money to come back in. But from where I sit, if the Postal Service can set a standard and be reasonably good at meeting it, the fact that a letter would take five days to get from DC to LA instead of three to four, that'd be fine as long as I knew it and as long as I could count on the five days. Right. So I don't know if that sort of uh, sort of rapid adjustment to the system has worked its way out yet. I think it's probably too soon to know whether or not the service will be in disarray and they can't make the new standards. You know, it's the same way they didn't make the old standards, yeah. all of that. I, but I, I really do think at this point that still remains to be seen. Yeah. And it's I think one of the, the challenges, Bob, is that it happening alongside multiple rate increases happening alongside 
everything else facing a, a marketer, a development director, a chief development officer in the midst of a pandemic feels just like another punch to the gut. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the headlines from some of the mailer organizations were great higher cost for poorer service you know that sort of yeah. distilled the, the way a lot of people looked at right. it right so, uh, yeah, so then, and maybe that'll prove to be what happens yeah yeah so then as uh as general counsel for tmpa and as someone on the front lines of having conversations uh with folks on the hill and uh and with other elected officials and other leaders in the space, what's being done to currently help and advocate for the nonprofit marketers' plight? Well, we the first thing that happened was after the the new system was announced by the PRC and made final. That was a very long, laborious process. But once that happened, that would have been uh, fall of 2020, I think. Um, uh, mailer groups got together, and that included Alliance of Nonprofit Mailers, and TNPA contributed to the litigation in cash, um, sued the PRC, and said, you don't have the authority to do this. Um, many lawyers thought that that was a credible argument, and so that lawsuit um, was joined. In fact, lots of mailer organizations jumped in. So many, in fact, that the court just, the, this is the DC Circuit Court of Appeals, federal court, consolidated it. So by the time oral argument happened, there was basically you know, one consolidated brief and one arguer for all of the groups, nonprofits included. Basically, in this instance, all the mailers were in the same boat. So there was not really any great distinction between nonprofits and commercial mailers. Mm -hmm. That case was argued and it was decided in November, this, uh, the, well, 2021, I'm still in 2021. It was decided in 2021 in November 12th, I think, and unanimously that the PRC authority was upheld, which meant the Postal Service could continue on its way um, getting the maximum increase every time they could get it, hmm. taking every penny of allowance under the new formula that they could. And that's what they did the first couple of first round of increases. And, and there's no reason to think they won't keep doing that as long as the system stays in play. But just to kind of recap here, you know, just to make sure I'm clear on everything, the PRC raises rates seven to nine percent across the, PR, the board. The, the PRC creates the authority, the the, the, the USPS the, to raise the rate structure, okay. and then the USPS disposes of that authority as they see fit. So they raised rates in August, right? And they had just raised rates in January, and now we have a court case of the DC Court of Appeals. That rules in November that it's okay for them to do that. So right. now, and we know that USPS can now raise rates twice per year with the next one. I think they just had one right this month and then another one coming in July. And I guess I was actually looking at the Association of Nonprofit Mailers said that we can expect possibly another seven to 9% increase in July. That's right. There so, will just be one this year. 
there's just going to be one this year. Um, and then two after. They'll they'll be they'll start the January and July system starting in 2023. This year there's just going to be one, and it will be in July. So with that all on the plate, you know that we've exhausted the court options at least for now. Is there anything happening with legislation, new laws, or or you know anything in that arena that we can look forward to? There's been some activity. I think it's worth pointing out. Maybe we are going to get to it later, but I think it's worth emphasizing since you brought it up. I people really need to be assuming seven to nine percent increase. The on the higher end, it would be flats. Most of or periodicals, most of the mail we send out, first class and marketing mail, um, that is not flats, will uh, be on the lower end of that. But that's still a hefty increase. But planning for that and budgeting for that is a must. Yeah, no, but is there anything that can be done to to again effort to hold them in check. Yeah, I mean, as soon as even before TNPA started planning as if, well, what do we do if we lose <laughs> the yeah. court case? You know, it's the, all the, we can't have all the eggs in one basket. So we started uh, making the rounds on the Hill in the correct committees, trying to see if there was any appetite to deal with the fee structure. Congress had said we want a, a CPI cap so that it can be regular and predictable, you know, and the PRC undid that. So we didn't think it was uh, pointless to ask them whether or not they'd want to, you know, now that the court dumped their system, whether they might want to reinstitute it or some other way to give us relief from the, from the big. And we worked on that for a while. Um, and the reason, oh, and I backed up a minute. And one of the reasons we went to work on it right away um, before we found out the outcome of the case is that there was a so-called postal reform bill in the House of Representatives that did, it did some good for the Postal Service. It didn't do anything for mailers. There was nothing in it about rates or relief from the PRC. Um, it was mostly bookkeeping um, that would remove some costs from the Postal Service books and the big reform in terms of what uh, the Postal Service's own expenditures was that retirement would be moved to Medicare, which would save the Postal Service huge numbers on its budget. Someone else would be paying for it in the government, but not the Postal Service. From the mailer's point of view, that's not a bad deal. So we'd get those costs away. So that bill was moving through. The history of postal reform legislation is such that it almost never happens. And so our view at TNPA was, if we're gonna get any relief on rates, we better make sure we're ready when this bill moves out of the House and goes to the Senate. So all of our attention was on the Senate and to see if we could get traction there. And we worked on it for some months. Um, but at the end of the day, the answer, despite some encouraging signals here and there was, you don't have the appetite for digging on this and digging into the rates issue. We're just not going to go there. And so we had to basically give up that approach. Um, but there's another one. Um, other mailer organizations have blanched, to say the least, at the fact that the Postal Service is raising rates, which means 
mailers are paying um, willy-nilly, and they have $24 billion in ca of cash in the bank at the end of this December. And a lot of mail various mailer organizations claim, I think, with some, some justification that the circumstances now financially for the Postal Service and otherwise are so different than when the PRC made up this new formula that that whole thing, that whole formula and its logic should be reconsidered. So there is another legislative initiative that basically says, send this back to the drawing board with the PRC and freeze rates in between until the, FB, the, until the, the PRC revisits and reconsiders things that have basically fundamentally changed since the first rendition of this. So um, the prospects of that, I don't know. Um, obviously, Russia is about to invade the Ukraine. Biden is working on voting rights. We're working on Build Back America. Frankly, it's a little hard to get a congressperson or senator's attention on something that seems so trivial. It's like you said, it's the appetite or lack of appetite, you know, because their attention is is on other things. Yes. And yet in the meantime, that part's not know. even appetite. It's like there are only so many hours in the day kind of problem. Yeah. 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 And meanwhile, you know, nonprofit marketers, while we're seeing this continued acceleration in some ways of philanthropic giving, we're seeing, you know, uh, the giving may continue to increase, but we're still seeing a shrinking universe. And now it's going to eat into the net revenue that nonprofits have at a greater clip because we're paying more for goods. We're paying more for the delivery of those goods uh, through increased rates. And, uh, and it just kind of clamps. It clamps uh, nonprofit marketers yep. and, and makes it even more difficult for you know, for the for the C-suites and for their relationship with the boards. Uh, and so, man, it's complicated. I think it's important to add here, since you mentioned rising costs, that the the reason for this next round of increases is, is not the uh, uh, is not the sort of prejudiced work that the PRC did in creating this new formula. Um, uh, the hugest chunk of this increase will be because the CPI is so high. And even under the old system, we'd be looking at a 5%, even without the bonus points for the Postal Service, we'd be looking at close to 5% increases because of the CPI. Yeah. So at least in this instance, it's not USPS greed that's causing this high increase. Yeah, it's, it's the general inflation in addition to all of those pieces uh, of which we're still uncertain when you would see relief and if relief even is a thing or if it's just an adjustment to it. And, and so um, what a time, you know, it's, what, a, yeah. what a time. It's, it's ironic that, or so it seems to me, that there's all this turmoil on the mailing side, but the mailing side of fundraising has remained strong and is maybe as yeah. strong as it's been in quite a while. So it's it's ironic that all of these sort of service pressures and cost pressures are hitting right now when it seems like, gee, wouldn't it be great to 
persuade your organization to get into the mail. Look what's happening with your sister organizations. Right, right. Well, I mean, I look, I maintain these are these are very real challenges. And there's always very real challenges. They just look, they're plated differently. And so, you know, I, I know that uh, that something that is uh, throughout conversations we have in our organization with and within our clients is there are these new wrinkles, you know, new things that we have to plan for, be it extended timelines or, you know, trying to get our arms around the change in uh, in postal delivery and uh, the change in delivery time and duration, those things, the rising prices, et cetera. But even so, what a what a time to be able to be a part of the people who are helping transform how fundraising is done in the midst of all of that. You know, that you, you have to keep that in your mind that and we, we get to work in this industry in a fascinating period and a transformative period. And I would choose that over a mundane and a boring period any day of the week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boring doesn't describe our work these days on any. No, story. it does not. It absolutely does not. <laughs> yeah. There, there's one asterisk I would throw in, and I, I, I thank my uh, colleague Steve Carney at Alliance of Nonprofit Mailers for reminding me about it in a recent newsletter. Um, we talk about service standards and service results, and one of one of the items in the reform legislation um, requires more consistent um, service reporting against the service standards and public reporting of, of the, against those standards. But the current setup is that the Postal Service is collecting its data on delivery when the mail arrives at the delivery post office, not when the mail arrives in the mailbox. And depending on circumstances and other things, um, there's a <laughs> there's a about a hundred percent chance that those are not the same thing. <laughs> so, so whatever this whatever the reporting out from the postal service is, the reality is it's probably worse. So, with that kind of uncertainty, do you and and everything that we just talked about, do you do you think there'll be any major changes coming down the line, whether it's in the next months or a year from now, and and if not, what what can nonprofits do? in the meantime to prepare in this, like, I mean, there's so much uncertainty around it. Well, I mean, other than looking at what's coming ahead and rate changes, which at least there's, it's a blessing since the formulas are public, that at least those of us in the business can predict within a narrow range when, when the next one is coming and how much it's gonna be. And we've already talked about those numbers for this next one. As far as any reforms, to make it easier on us, on mailers in general, uh, it's unlikely that we'll see anything before 2023. It's an election year, um, and the, these the postal postal issues are complicated. Um, people on the Hill don't like to deal with them just for that reason, and now it's an election year. So. Uh, I think it's unlikely that this one sort of possible avenue for relief is going to get any traction probably until next year. The, the, the possible upside is 
is there the this is ironic for me personally but if there's a republican house it may make it a little easier to get some of this relief so long as the republicans who constitute the majority are not the ones who think that the postal service should not be a public service at all and should just be undone and pay its way 100 percent um so we'll see how that plays out. And and you all keep, uh, you know, just as a, a quick, because I know you're gonna we're gonna touch on some things that nonprofits should do. But just as a plug for the communication that the nonprofit alliance sends out, there are legislative roundups uh, and and blog posts and multiple other ways that the TMPA is staying not only on top of this but communicating out what's happening. So and yeah, you know, um, to that point. Y- if something if something surprising happens and all of a sudden there's some traction, the way things the way things postal finally happen and historically, and I've been involved in a bunch of the transitions, is mailers get activated and talk to their elected representatives. And if we can get traction on one of these things, you can be sure that your clients and Every mailer we can talk to, and then especially on the nonprofit side, will be speaking their mind about the need for the reforms. So take seriously, because I know people who have listened to the, who are listening to this have seen us before. Send them notices of, "Hey, this thing is happening. Here's this piece of legislation, or here's this court case. You need to be aware. You need to act." And so don't sleep on those things. It is a good chance to be involved in the space. And yeah, they matter. Yeah. People tend to think they don't matter, but a letter, a, a letter that's articulate and makes a case that arrives in a congressperson's office is gets attention. Mm-hmm. Doesn't win the day every while, every time, but it gets attention. Yeah, that's that's well said. What outside of uh, you know staying in, uh, connected to be ready to act? What what and and. <laughs> communicating to your board and your executives that, hey, we're going to see these continued rate increases. Um, what else should nonprofits do? Uh, well, beats me. That's the honest answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, planning planning for the worst case, which is the case that will unfold with respect to rates, is, yeah. is, is essential. Yeah. Don't do anything to increase inflation. <laughs> That's the other thing <laughs> nonprofits can do. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a good word for sure. Stop buying <laughs> stuff on Amazon, right? <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, uh, listen, Bob. You know, I, I know uh, if people want to connect with you, uh, you know, what are the best ways to to connect and stay connected to to your work and the work of TNPA? Is it well, the website? T- yeah. The, yeah, the TNPA website. It's it's just tnpa.org. Um, is usually, well, almost invariably, um, up to date on our uh, political activities, up to date on pertinent legislation, up to date on what's happening on the postal side, all of privacy issues as well, state regulation of fundraising as well. So it's a good resource for seeing what's happening at the moment and what we as an organization are trying to do to contribute to cures. Yeah. Also, I I don't get if anybody has, you know, if any of your audience has any questions for me just based on what happened here today, 
I don't mind getting an email directed to me. Can I, is that all right? Is that protocol? Sure. And so it's, it's uh, R Tigner, T-I-G-N-E-R at tnpa.org. Yeah, we, uh, Bob, we appreciate your, your time. We really appreciate your expertise and the work that you do. Uh, it is, you know, it is comforting to know that amongst the different challenges that uh, nonprofits face right now, that we do have people that are working to slay dragons. And, uh, and that's a good way to, for us to think about some of the work that you do. So thank you for that. Thanks for being a part of our, uh, our discussion today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I appreciated it. Okay, Ronnie, this is your last chance. Any uh, any last Disney uh, connecting phrases, things that you want to? Well, you know, I, I don't know why I waited until the end of the episode to mention this, but I think there is an easy solution, and that's just sprinkle a little pixie dust on it, mm -hmm. right? See, you know, it just solves everything. <laughs> Spoonful of sugar in your planning is that is that the other Perfect. way? That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, thanks for checking out this episode of Group Thinkers. All of our episodes are available on arcadiagroup.com as well as our YouTube channel and areas where you check out uh, and download and listen to stream your podcasts. Uh, be sure to check out our other written content on arcadiagroup.com where we're staying on top of things that are happening related to supply chain, but also things now that we're in the 2022 about uh, the kind of advancing and evolving digital space. And so, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, spending time with us today. We'll see you next time. See you down the road. Group Thinkers is a production of RKD Group. For more information, visit rkdgroup.com slash podcast. Special thanks to our production team, including the talented Ryan Mellinger for his work on mixing every episode. Also a shout out to the content team that helps pull together research and guests, but it's the marketing efforts behind group thinkers, Suzanne, Ronnie, and others for their work on this and every episode of group thinkers.